All right, man. Lighthearted and fun show today. I have to admit, Pat, I'm not not nervous, but you know, a little curious because you didn't yeah. cue me up with a Nothing. lot of detail on today's show. So uh, yeah, we'll see what comes. This is basically just a, a 20 questions, CrossFit questions, fun questions. And my goal is, so help me remember, to post these under the show notes in the comment, uh, you know, in the show notes so you can read them. And then if you want to, go to the BTWB YouTube channel, find the show, and then post your answers to every uh, everyone's answers. I'd love to see what everyone has to, oh, yeah. has to say. I'll also say at the beginning of the show, since I always forget, go to verynotrandom.com. <laughs> Check out all the cycles and cool stuff that we offer. Barbell, dumbbell, body weight, body weight on ramp. Get your first pull up, muscle up, handstand walk. Cool stuff. So check it out. Help support the show. Uh, I'm also selfishly using our podcast here as a way to track my progress. So I'm mm. just going to say, because we because you were talking a second ago that somebody asked you who would win between me and you and Helen before we checked <laughs> on the camera. And traditionally, one of my better workouts, you're like, well, now, old boy with his new hip, the advantage yeah. Bosman. Well, I have to, I have to admit that's, say, that's the case. Absolutely. I'll say current state head to head. I like my odds. Uh, <laughs> you know, best uh, peak to peak. I think you take that every day. You, you, I, I remember Ugh. almost any running workout that we've done together, just like looking at your backside for most of it. So we'll see if that comes back. I just recently, so I'm about 11 weeks post-surgery and I just did a five by five back squat at 185. So it's pretty stoked. I was like, really Hell stoked. Yeah. That. I mean, yeah, 11. And and that was appropriate. And then like two days ago, for the first time, I've been so smart for 11 weeks, I overdid it. And I actually didn't overdo <laughs> it intentionally. I didn't think that I was being risky, but I did a, a fair volume of knees to elbows. And I think just how oh, yeah. the challenging that is on the hip flex in that area, man, the next day I was like, that was a bad decision. So I'm taking it easy a couple of days, but overall good. So fun questions. Uh, it just, you know, they can be quick quick answers or they might you know we might take a dive down a short little rabbit hole so all right go ready i'm ready okay so let's see for the rest of your life okay now don't read it it'll make it overly complicated for the rest Mm. of your life if part of your training regime you could only have the power lifts or only the olympic lifts which one would you have oh olympic lifts and it's not even close oh okay don't don't even have to think about it just for the, the the power component yeah, well, I just think there's just more to it. I think they're more complete when we're talking about more realms of fitness and the way that you can apply them. Uh, more complicated, take a little bit more skill, take a little bit more flexibility. I think in the long run, if you look at the athleticism of long-term Olympic lifters versus long-term power lifters, I think they're going to edge them out a little bit. And, uh, and you know, you can find you can find an outlier and, and not to sure. say that power lifts would be a bad way to go, but... For my money, yeah, Olympic lifts all day. Would you feel shortchanged that the Olympic lifts most likely would not let you touch anywhere near your one rep ability to pull something off the ground or to squat? I don't think so. You think it'd be just fine? Yeah. Mr. Bosman, we find ourselves in alignment. Okay, next question. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> next question. If for the rest of your life, now you're, you're doing mixed modality training, I should say, okay? You're doing, you're, right. doing, you're doing cross, you're doing mixed modality training. But regardless of what the workout has, if it's a run, bike, or row component, you can only run, bike, or row for the rest of your life. You have to choose one of those hmm. modalities at the exclusion of the other two. Which one do you choose? For the rest of my life. For the rest um, of your darn life. You know, as much as I as much as I hate to say it, I think running has the greatest utility out of those three. 
uh, I would say probably in order of utility, I would go run, row, bike. If we're talking air bike, if we're talking bike as in like get on an actual bicycle and ride, mm-hmm. then I think that might bump the row. Uh, but yeah, run, I think as much as I hate to admit it, I think that one has the greatest <laughs> utility. I think it has the greatest uh, potential for range. And I also think that uh, pragmatically, it's the one that you can implement in the most scenarios. It was easy for me to run, like easy, like mm-hmm. for sure. You got to support your own body weight, all that other good stuff. And, you know, while, and you can go, you know, obviously short, medium, and long, and you can do that with the bike and the um, erg as well. Man, I, I put short distance sprinting right into the same bucket as like one rep max lifting, like what it does to your posterior chain, your mm-hmm. ability to be explosive. You know, you do 10 by 100 meter repeats, you feel like you did 300 sit-ups, like your midline is toast, yep. so it's fantastic. So, yep. And you already answered it, but my next question was between well, hold the... On. Re- before you before you get there, I read recently, and I can't remember where, and so who knows if this is dubious or accurate. However, uh, it was some statistic, and when, when I read it, it kind of blew my mind. It was basically like past the age of, I forget if it was 25 or 29, the percentage of people in their lives that ever sprint again, ever, is shockingly close to zero. It's like, once you get past that age, it's just like, nope, you just don't run fast. (laughs) So we've developed society to, you know, we're not being chased by bears anymore. So you can just kind of be chill most of the day. And you're right. And I've told this before, but it's just such an entertaining line that I just have to say it again, where, you know, there was a period of time, like a decade ago, that my, my father just, you know, kept getting injured doing routine tasks. Mm -hmm. And one was he had to like move quickly for like 15 feet and he like strained something. And I was like, for the love of God, dad, like, like when's the last time, like not shuffling your feet, but like you really ran hard, like not jogged, like you sprinted. And with that, he's thought about it a second. He's like, I don't know, Vietnam. That was his reply. <laughs> it's just an amazing, oh, man. an amazing <laughs> reply. I was like, okay, we might have a deficiency there. But, uh, but the, I would choose the run and then my next question was going to be between the remaining two which would you prioritize but you said run then row then bike and that's yeah. the same if, order i would go if, if it's an air bike, bike we're talking stationary yeah. if it's a unicycle all bets are off that's right then it probably bumps running if i'm honest <laughs> yeah uh if you could only create workouts crossfit style workouts for the rest of your life to be either time priority or task priority which would you choose uh, and for anyone who, and for anyone who's unfamiliar with this, you know, uh, time priority is basically, you know, like think of Cindy, and you know, task priority is you have a set amount of work to do, do it as fast as you can, like Fran, you know, twenty one fifty nine for time. Man, two ways to answer this question. If I think what would yield the better effect and the better overall training, absolutely, you're going for time, meaning you're going to do a task priority workout more often than not. You're going to record how fast you can do it and be good to go. Um, If I'm talking about (laughs) what kind of takes the mental edge off of having to makes it easier flirt with intensity, then, uh, you know, I'll go time priority all day long. But yeah, task priority, I think for the effectiveness wins. Yeah, I just I don't. Yeah, in my mind, it's, it's task priority all day long. 
if you could only do one of these two movements, and not not at the exclusion of everything else, but as part of your training for the rest of your life, ring muscle-ups or bar muscle-ups? Ring. Yeah, I got to go ring too. I feel like that was yep. just a, a dumb question. You know, anyone who says bar muscle-ups is untrustworthy at the end of the day. Yeah, if you sure. could, if you could, If you could only squat or deadlift. Ooh, that's a good question. I'm going to choose squat. I feel like, again, what you kind of sacrifice in terms of absolute load, I think you make up for with complete range of motion across larger number of joints. And for that reason, I think it's edging out the deadlift a little bit. This one's probably the closest so far out of mm-hmm. all, the, all, the, all the questions. Yeah, I, 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 have to choose, I have to choose squat as well. Maybe you and I are going to have some divergence on this next one. If with regards to, you know, you can still do your gymnastics movements, you can still do your conditioning, but with regards to the loading that you're going to be able to expose yourself to for the rest of your darn life, you can either have a single barbell that weighs 115 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're getting to the good stuff. This is (laughs) or a pair of 50 pound dumbbells. Oh, Okay, give me the stem of the question one more time. If I can only have one. That's the only loading you're going to have for the rest of your life. Can I use the dumbbell in different ways than a pair? Like, does it have to always be a pair? Sure, yeah, sure, sure. They're your dumbbells. Then then the dumbbells, that's it. Just the versatility. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm, I'm with you as well. I thought we might have had a diversity. I'm with you as well. No. What about if you could only do, you had a pull-up bar? Or a rope to climb? Ooh. Ooh, that's a good one. Because I want to say rope to climb because I love rope climbs. I think that's they're great movements. I put it in there. But I have to go pull up bar <laughs> because there's just more you can do. And let's be honest, for anybody who's owned a gym or worked at a gym long term, there are certain things that are really cool to have that you're like, man, when I have that, I'm going to use it every day. And then you do have that thing and you end up using it once a month. And I feel like rope kind of falls into that category. It's really awesome to have, really awesome to do. But if we're honest, I think the pull-up bar is going to get the uh, more play. Yeah, I think about, you know, from strict to kipping to weighted pull-ups the whole night. I love me a rope climb. I really do. They're just fun. Me too. There, there are some yeah. things that I just, I, I categorize as fun. And luckily, they also have training utility. And I don't mm-hmm. think chest-to-bar pull-ups are fun, although they have training utility. But a rope climb? Yeah, that's fun. Yep. I guess it's cool. Wait, wait. So what was your decision? Pull-up bar. I got to okay. go pull-up bar. Yeah. yeah, just just for the versatility. Are you personally, as an athlete, closer to having a sub-six-mile or a 60-second L-sit? Oh, currently the L sit. Yep, currently for sure. Are you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the <laughs> there is no question no hesitation in my mind yeah. at all. <laughs> no, no, my <laughs> no, not right now. Uh, I will say though that like at my best, I was way closer to a sub six minute mile than uh, than the sixty second L sit. I think the fastest mile I ever ran was six and change. Okay, okay, six fifteen or something, six ten. I don't know. Never a right. great runner. Right now, I'm not close to either one, <laughs> but uh, um, I don't know what that would do to my hip flexor at the point. But under normal <laughs> circumstances, probably closer to the six-minute mile. Um, you know, I'm not, I don't have either, but probably closer mm. to that. And if I had to, like, you know, somebody's holding my family hostage, and like, which one, 
under normal circumstances, could you achieve faster? I would hate every second of it, but probably the six minute mile, you know, the, yeah. that else it's just such a grind. Same. Um, and I think with that Elsa too, if we're talking about where could you get faster, man, that last 10, 15 seconds, you're going to have to invest some time to push the needle past that. Whereas I think the six minute mile with some dedication, you can, you can get there. Yeah. You know, you just have an energy drink and a good playlist. You might get that six minute <laughs> mile one day, but it's not going to do it for the LSAT. Yeah. Would, would you as an athlete, which one do you think would be, well, I guess I shouldn't say more useful, maybe just more cool, but I, I phrase the questions, which one would you rather have? Would mm. you rather have a 300 pound bench press or a 200 pound shoulder press? Ooh, ooh, that's a good one. I, uh, oh, there's something about the shoulder press that's just so beastly to see somebody really stack some weight on the bar, but I do like the raw power of I know you like the bench. I think I gotta go. I gotta go bench. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) That's a good one. I would go with the shoulder press personally. Uh, A, just, you know, overhead is such a, uh, just a non-starter for me that I'm so impressed with people who can get big weight overhead, you know, and that shoulder press is just such a grind and, you know, the load's higher up the ground, you're standing supporting your midline. I'd choose that, but, you know, you're not going to go wrong with either one, but I, okay, so I, I would choose the shoulder press. It's funny because I feel like in that answer, we both reflect what we don't have. You don't mm. have great overhead position. I have pretty good overhead position. I don't have great raw upper body strength. I think you beat me in that department. So it's kind of funny that we chose the opposite. You look at the, the grass is always greener there. Yeah. Yeah. What would benefit you the most as an athlete if you could increase your capacity by 20% in weightlifting, as CrossFit defines it, gymnastics or monostructural? You get a 20% boost in one of those. Which one would you choose? Just snap yeah. your fingers. I think it's the weightlifting for me. I don't think it has always been the case, but recently i would say the last couple of years my weightlifting has definitely been the most backburnered out of the other two and so at this stage i think that's the one that would have the most significant impact again if we're talking like prime where i was feeling like i was the most well-rounded i would probably say monostructural mm-hmm. but current times weightlifting i would go i'm temp- i'm going either monostructural or gymnastics right now mm. and I'm really torn between the two. I think conditioning is just, you know, obviously you want to have strength and be good at gymnastics, but if you just bump up your conditioning, all of a sudden you seem like more of a hero with the barbell and workouts and stuff like that. Mm. If if the gymnastics solved my ability to do like upper body things, like suddenly I'm just, you know, strict handstand push-ups and all that stuff, man, then I would go, I would go gymnastics if it solved my shoulder issues. If it didn't solve my shoulder issues, monostructural you know and the Hmm. last one that i would personally choose is is weightlifting um because you know i'm just so strong boss i mean come on yeah yeah fair (laughs) enough i mean you can only go so far with a with a certain domain right yeah exactly (laughs) which one as an athlete do you fear more like you would just you'd be a little restless the night before Hmm. knowing this was the day's training a true no kidding 20 rep back squat Hmm. Or a sell your soul to the devil 800 meter run. <clears throat> Man, that's a uh, that's a tough combination. Um, again, current training taken into consideration. 
I would say I would be more nervous for the 800 meter run because I think I have a better chance of being closer to my realistic potential than I do mm. for that 20 rep back squat right now. Mm-hmm. So the 20 rep back squat, not saying it would be easy, but it wouldn't allow me to touch the fire quite as much <laughs> as the 800. So I'd be more nervous for the 800. Yeah, I'd go, I'd go 800 as well between those two as to which one would just give me the heebie-jeebies. But I would okay. say, hell, this is a fun trip down memory lane, probably about 2006. Me and one of our uh, other coaches at San Francisco CrossFit, maybe it's 2007, I don't know. Anyway, shout out to uh, Kevin Steinmuller, wherever you are today. Uh, we engaged on a months long, or at least it felt like it, once a week, high noon, 20 rep squat day. And it was great in the beginning, but very quickly it became a pretty anxiety inducing <laughs> lead up. You know, you'd like start your week and you'd see it coming in a couple of days and uh, it, was, it was bad. You know, this wasn't, this wasn't part of my question, but maybe I'll just I'll throw it out right now as a, as a whatever. What if instead of choosing between those two, would your answer stay the same if which do you fear more? 20 rep max back squat, a true 800 meter run, or a true lifetime PR of the old 500 meter row? Yeah, that, the, oh, the, I thought you said 5K. Uh, I think I would still choose the 800. I still think that one just edges out the rest. Mm-hmm. 500 meter row all out. I mean, that can be nasty business, but uh, something about that 800 is just a little bit beyond. I'm going to agree with you. Okay, so great news. The, the Powerball went your way. You're a billionaire. You know, Fantastic. That's great. Don't don't forget the people, you know, that were part of your life as you came up. Yeah. Pat would, you, would you? <laughs> <laughs> as security pushes me away. <laughs> Never would heard you, of them. <laughs> would you rather have a full-time, just snap your fingers, chef? Or like a body worker, masseuse, therapist kind of a person? Chef, for sure. Oh, without a doubt, right? Yeah. Yeah, having somebody just cook a delicious, nutritious meal whenever and however would be the ultimate luxury, in my opinion. That would be... uh, For you, you I mean, they're your chef. You could have them figure out like the best licorice recipes in the world. You you know, like, you know, whatever you want. Yep. Rebounding box jumps or jump up, step down? Oh, man. How old is the athlete we're talking about here? <laughs> you. <laughs> oh, it's definitely... Uh, the rebound is very few and far between. So I'll rebound when I'm doing smaller sets for high box jumps as done as kind of like a strength protocol mm-hmm. with lots of rest in between. I'll still dabble. Sure. Uh, if we're talking like, hey, you got a 20-minute AMRAP of box jumps and rowing and other stuff, step down all day. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a jump up, step down guy. And I'm not quite sure actually when I switched over there, but, yeah. um, but it's been for a bit. Yeah, me what, too. What is your ideal time each day to train? Perfect world. <clears throat> this is back in the billionaire scenario where I don't have to worry about right. externalities, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, my perfect time to train is like 10 o'clock in the morning. Oh, Get up, okay. Have a morning, enjoy some coffee, do what I'm going to do in the morning, take a couple hours, ease into the day, training at 10 o'clock-ish, finish by lunchtime, have the rest of the afternoon. If I can run that schedule, that's like prime 
for me. That's ideal. Yeah. yeah. If I had nothing else in my life to worry about, it'd be probably just like mid-afternoon. You know, yeah. a couple hours after lunch. Lunch settled, feeling good, really warm, fully awake, and, and I'd hit it then. Early morning, no good. Late at night, no good. I could do the 10 a.m. I wouldn't mind that, but number one would be that kind of mid-afternoon. Hmm. Realistically speaking, you know, we're all friends here. There's nothing to hide. <laughs> How often do you not warm up or do you very much abbreviate the warm up? Oh, I would say, are we counting all activities or just CrossFit? Let's do just CrossFit. Okay. So if we're just talking CrossFit, I would say it's 50-50, like an honest 50-50. Okay. Um, and part of that is because these days... You know, I'm not training with hyper regularity uh, doing CrossFit. So when I do, I usually do an okay warm up. Mm -hmm. um, and then also, I find myself dropping into places relatively regularly. And so in that case, it's kind of nice because they warm up for me or they warm me up as part of the entire package. So mm -hmm. that kind of bumps my numbers. If less to my own devices, and we're not considering that kind of boost probably closer to like 60 40 maybe 70 30 to not warm yeah up. it's a rare day that i don't warm up at all but it's also a rare day that i do the full warm-up yeah. like just due to time constraints you know day always gets away from me in one way shape or form and if the warm-up is four rounds it just might become three you know like yep. it's 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 probably not going to become one you know it's just mm -hmm. hey this was going to take 15 minutes to warm up but around 11 or 12, I'm just going, okay, let's start the clock and kick it off. I'll give you a little latitude there too, Pat. Because mm. if you think about the warm-up and what it's supposed to do, the number on the whiteboard doesn't matter. The effect is what's important, right? So if you Truth. are going through the steps and two rounds in, you're like, hey, joints are feeling great. Core temperature is ready to go. Let's hit it. Mission accomplished, right? 100%. Yep, 100%. A lot of time, actually, it's funny you say that when I write warm-ups, and I have to check and see if this is still like part of the notes. I used to say like in the notes, basically, feel free to do less or more mm -hmm. if that's what you need. Like if you're warm at three rounds, don't do four. But if at four rounds, you're like, I'm not warm. Well, don't stop just because it was for like, yeah. warm up a little bit more. Like whatever it happens yep. to be, so you're right. I get to a point where I say to myself, okay, it's not negligent if I begin. And then, you know, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, and then, good. and then I begin. Do you use, and we did a recent episode about this, but I can't remember if there's anything in your repertoire. Do you use any extra gear at all? Weight belts, knee sleeves, wrist wraps, tape, compression? Almost never. Uh, almost never. I, I will use tape on my fingers if my fingers are like torn up from something. Uh, never use grips. I don't even own a pair. The pairs that I have owned, I've gotten rid of because they just don't get used. Um, what I about lifting say, shoes? I was going to get there. So okay. once in a blue moon, I will use lifting shoes. I actually used them just the other day. Uh, but we're talking, that's maybe once every eight weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, to put it in perspective, I have a pair of Atastar weightlifting shoes. For those of you that are like weightlifting nerds, like, I don't think they've made them since 2007 <laughs> or eight. I've had them since then and they have not worn out yet. They're not worn out. And they're, and they're in like pretty good condition because that's the amount of use that they get. Yeah, that's, that's my go-to piece of gear. I do use, I will say that I do, especially when I had like all my hip stuff going on and like it was range of motion was an issue. 
if there was a squat day coming up, the lifting shoes were on. Like it was yep. just, it, it helped significantly. And to this day, um, if I'm doing some, like the other day when I did the five by five or one eighty five, I threw on the the lifting shoes. But that's about yeah. it. I think that's about all um, I really use. Yeah, man, I could not tell you the last time I used a belt. I don't even remember. I bet you it's been, I bet it's been at least ten years since I've mm-hmm. used a weightlifting belt. Yeah, and we've had this just that discussion before. I don't, I don't hate on them. They, they're, you know, no. they serve yeah. a wonderful purpose, and and if you know how to use one, they do what they're supposed to do. I've just never been comfortable in one, quite frankly. Yes, agreed. If you might, this this might be a question I probably wrote for myself. Maybe you, you your answer to this might be none, but. What movement do you struggle with the most? Hmm. You're um, so gumby flexible. Maybe you don't struggle with anything. Well, yeah, it's interesting because if we're talking positionally and technically, you know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but but I have a pretty good base in those two skills. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but I mean, I think really it's just being under load is the hardest thing for me. Like I am not comfortable under, you know, and I know you like to program a lot with heavy weights under high heart rate. Mm. And that to me is the worst. So something like that. Yeah. Something like that, I think is probably more uh, difficult for me than any specific movement. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, anything overhead, there's my answer. That's what I struggle with, you know, for sure. Anything overhead is a, is a big, big struggle. If you could only do one of these two movements for the rest of your life with the specific focus of just which one you think would be more beneficial to increasing your overall work capacity, would it be toes to bar or knees to elbows? Had to pick one. Got to pick one. Um, Toes to bar if it was strict, knees to elbows if it's not. Oh, interesting. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I had kipping in my mind. Okay. Yeah. I, that we'll we'll accept that answer. That's All a right. great answer. Oh. Yep, we'll accept that answer. And I, I had one come back to me too. If we go back to the previous question, yeah, yeah. yoke walk. Oh, That's the one. Okay. It, yoke walks, I just they never feel comfortable. I never feel confident. Doesn't matter if it's just the open yoke or loaded up. It just never feels like I'm in a good groove with that movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yokes are another one of those things where kind of like a rope climb like i think they're just fun you know like if, mm-hmm. if you're lucky enough to have they take up a lot of room you know in your garage or wherever they are and you, you know a lot of times people bury other stuff in them because it doesn't use that frequently but if i had like a big detached barn garage with plenty of room for everything i could just park a yoke and it had you know ample weights that just stayed loaded a certain thing man it's fun to pick up and move that thing around it's a i, I would enjoy that Speak for yourself. It's <laughs> yeah. hard disagree. But. <laughs> uh, two more questions. And actually, maybe there's, I think I said there's 20 questions. It might be 21. So two more questions. Let's see. Do you have more, if we were to barge into your home hmm. and rifle through your personal belongings, do you have more CrossFit shirts or non-CrossFit shirts? Uh, t-shirts, most definitely CrossFit. T-shirts, T-shirts, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, more for sure. Yeah, especially <laughs> if you consider I have so many that are mounted. Mm, uh, they're mm-hmm, not currently right. up, but but they are kind of on little display cardboard that uh, you know can be put up as a modular wall somewhere. I have like storage containers full of that. 
Maybe mm-hmm. not quite, but get a lot. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've done, I've tr- actually tried hard over the past few years to kind of, um, you know, not necessarily make my, my wardrobe more adult-like, but mm. uh, it's still a losing battle because I just accumulate <laughs> so many. I have so many cross-related yeah. cross shirts. It's unbelievable. They just like, I don't even know where they come from. They're just, well, they're just, they're I, just I there. Agree. And I'll tell you what's interesting too is like I have a hard time getting rid of them because correct most of the shirts I'm, I'm I try to be uh, judic- judicious about when I get them mm-hmm. and you know I'm not just going to take a shirt from anybody so that means when I do get a shirt typically it's got some sort it of memory something. associated with it exactly yeah. it was there's a significant moment so it's hard to uh, part with that final question favorite cheat meal or food that you just particularly have no willpower when it's around or decrease oh, man. willpower uh these days chips oh I, really just I like a, like a classic potato chip or nachos what do you mean? i mean i'm an equal opportunist when it comes to such <laughs> things but but yeah man chips these days i don't know what it is but it's like saturday night and you oh, know yeah. mrs and i are watching a movie bust open a bag of chips like there is no such thing as multiple servings in that bag. It's yes. it's gone, start to well, finish. That's, is it just? A, is it a classic potato chip? Is it some? Is it a sour cream and onion? Is it a, a cool ranch? I mean, what what flavor are we talking I, here? I love a sea salt and vinegar, just your straight oh, up. Oh yeah, yep. yes. So that's a that's a good go to. But like, uh, you, you hit me with a barbecue chip. I'm not going to be mad about that either. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something like that. The the barbecue chip I could you know I could take it or leave it the salt and vinegar yeah that's a good one my number one would probably have to just be an old school like sour cream and onion yeah it's uh, good just just so good you know like an old I don't know do they still make like ruffles anymore or something like that like something like that'd be amazing anyway I don't know we uh <laughs> we always get the uh, you know the more artisanal you see those, <laughs> hey, those ones in the grocery store yeah they all have a story our story on the back right. right? <laughs> I don't want you a story. It. I want a potato chip. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would say for me, I definitely like ice cream. I don't eat it that much anymore because sadly it doesn't. You know what a travesty! It doesn't treat me well. But mm. bread products, and I just don't mean like bread yeah. with a sandwich, although that's delicious. I mean, if there's if somebody bakes like a pumpkin bread or a banana bread or a cranberry bread, something like that. Ooh, I'm gonna have a hard time exerting any sort of control or discipline over portion size and i could be like a dog where i just eat till i'm sick you know what i mean and then mm. then my, i might contemplate having yet another slice just because i just can't <laughs> stop so yeah that would be that would probably be my number one there but yeah see i told you nothing to worry about with the questions you know nothing crazy no that was fun yeah yeah yeah, I, uh, yeah a little light-hearted information for the people i dig it Yes, and hopefully these are all fun questions that anybody who's actually, you know, steeped in CrossFit, these will ring true and you'll be thinking about mm. your answers as well. So like I said, I want to take these and put them into the show notes on the BTWB YouTube channel under the show. Feel free to, you know, copy and paste your answers in the comments because I'm certainly going to be there reading them as well. And maybe a little down the road, you know, before we clicked on the show, Adrian said he might come up with a list and... uh fire him at me with no preparation on my side sometime in the future. So be on the lookout for that. But as we always say, much appreciated everybody to your support. All of you are the reason that we do this show. So if you've got ideas for future topics, guests, whatever it happens to be, post those in the show notes as well. 
And for Adrian Bosman, I'm Pat Sherwood, and we'll see you next time.